1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michaels Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels.
2: of the Bill Michaels Show on this Thursday. Don't forget, uh, though, tonight we've got 6 to 8, the Bill Michaels Huddle coming up this evening, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer. Unquestionably good. They have uh, different flavors, cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple, strawberry flavors. Go to BudLight.com for all the info. Brewed with a five-step filtration process and ensures a cleaner finish and no lingering aftertaste and only 100 calories. That is Bud Light Seltzer. Coming up tonight, the Bill Michaels Huddle. 6-8 Six to eight this evening. Uh, joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, talks some Badgers football. Colton Barth- Bartholomew of the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com is here. You can find him on uh, Twitter at cbartwsj. Cbart at wsj. Um, Colton, how you doing, buddy?
3: I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Bill.
2: So here's the question. Uh, obviously, uh, Jack Cohn goes down. He has the foot injury. Uh, you would assume uh, Mertz is going to be the guy this is his big time I mean you don't want to get the job this way but uh, we've been waiting for this fans have been clamoring for this so what should we expect
3: yeah I think you summed it up perfectly there that you know nobody wants it to be because of an injury but that's football and now Graham Mertz has his time and um, from We actually just had a press conference today with the uh, the quarterback room and John Budmeyer, the quarterback's coach. And, you know, from talking to those guys and what we've seen in the last year from Graham Mertz is, you know, really the arm talent is not in question. He, he can fling it. He can move the ball down the field uh, and challenge some defenses vertically. Uh, that's something that Wisconsin really hasn't had for a while. So I think that's something that we can look out for is, you know, uh, assuming the receivers come along and they develop some chemistry, they're going to be able to attack some field, uh, teams down the field. Uh, I think the one thing that we're going to lose not having a guy like uh, Jack Cohn under center for the Badgers is the experience and the, just the knowledge of situations. One of the things that Jack Cohn did so well was just never put the Badgers in a bad spot. You, you know, he had a couple of picks last season, but when you consider some of the defenses and defensive backs that he faced, you know, it could have been a lot more. And uh, I know a lot of fans are excited about Graham Mertz, but I think there's a, a little bit of knowledge that Jack Cohn was a really solid starting quarterback Maybe Mertz's ceiling is a bit higher now, but uh, I think that that's probably the area where Mertz has to kind of prove himself as being that consistent, smart quarterback along with the talent.
2: So, okay, for those that may not have followed this so closely as the at first they weren't going to have a season, now they are, uh, and now you've got to figure out who you know Quintez Cephas is gone. So it, let's just say Graham Mertz has got the big arm. They are suddenly going to have a little bit of a vertical downfield thrower. Who's he got to throw to that's going to be that fast that's going to be able to get under those passes?
3: That's a great question. Um, I think the big questions uh, there would be, can Danny Davis kind of become a number one receiver? Uh, He wasn't ready for that challenge in 2018, but you look at a year and a half later, uh, a lot more experience and a lot of big plays that have come out of him in different ways, getting handoffs and other things like that. Uh, Kendrick Pryor is also there at the wide receiver position uh, that can do some of those things too. Sounds like he's going to be playing in the slot a little bit like A.J. Taylor did last season for the Badgers. Um, I think a, kind of a dark horse candidate that we haven't seen a ton yet uh, would be a guy like Jalen Franklin. He actually just moved over to tight end from playing outside linebacker, but the reports on him are just the explosiveness and the speed up the middle. Um, going to be a mismatch for linebackers and safeties that are on him. So I think that's something you can look out for. And And I also think a guy like Isaac Garendo, one of the backs that they're going to be relying on this season, uh, started out as a wide receiver and is one of the fastest guys on the team. So maybe trying to utilize his speed against the mismatches with linebackers and other things like that out of the backfield. So I think that... Not having Quintez Sevis is definitely going to hurt this offense a little bit, but uh, maybe not having that guy the defense can center their, their secondary around and uh, maybe not worry as much about the other guys with the quarterback being able to spread it around like this uh, maybe ends up being a positive.
2: So uh, we always know there's always a running back in the waiting, in the wings. Uh, Jonathan Taylor last year just you know exited a long line of good running backs that have been in the backfield for the Badgers. Who's going to be that next guy?
3: You know, I think it's going to be a group this season. Uh, if they had a traditional offseason and were able to do a normal summer program, I think you would be talking about the pen- potential of Jalen Berger, uh, their four-star recruiter running back, possibly getting in there. But without that, expecting him to be up to speed right away is just not really fair. Uh, so I think you're going to see Nikia Watson, who was Taylor's backup last season, uh, Garrett Groshik and Isaac Arendo, like I mentioned before, kind of in that – three-man unit making up the the running back room. Um, I I honestly don't see any of them having, you know, a a massive season because I think that those carries are going to be split up so evenly. But when you look at the end of the year, I think in totality, they're going to have that 2,000, 3,000 rushing yard attack that they're used to, but it's not going to be one guy.
2: Uh, Defensively speaking, we know that, uh, you know, the defensive ends, Loudermilk, Loudermilk, Rand, those guys – Look, uh, they've got some big shoes to fill. They've lost a few guys, defensively speaking, so how good will this defense be?
3: Yeah, I think the the big question now is, can the guys that kind of filled roles last season to allow guys like Chris Orr and Zach Bond to shine, can they step into those, those bigger roles and create some pressure and make some of those big plays? I think this season... The strength of the defense is actually going to be um, in the secondary and on the defensive line, where in the last few years it's been all about the linebackers and everyone else kind of filled in around them. The linebackers are far less experienced when you get past Jack Sanborn in the middle. Uh, so I think you're really going to be leaning on your defensive line to create more pressure on their own, win some of those one-on-one blocks to make that happen, and then you're relying on the secondary, too, to make some plays. Um, I, I think what we saw last season was a group that was finally starting to get its feet underneath it halfway through the year, played really well in the Ohio State game for most of it, in the Big Ten championship game uh, against Minnesota, and pretty well against Oregon as well in the Rose Bowl. So I think they need to carry that forward. And then create some more turnovers in the secondary. I believe there was only six interceptions from uh, the Badgers last season, and that was tied for the lowest in the last six years. So you've got to imagine with the experience they have and the depth of talent that they have, that this secondary is going to be, able to be able to make some more plays, create some more turnovers with interceptions.
2: I like reading the story about Coach Brechterfield, who basically said, hey, guys, uh, I can't hang with you during the, uh, the pandemic, so, or during the quarantine. He said, go, find, go put a pillow on a tree and block it. That was – I love that. I love that quote, man. Go find a pillow. Go find a tree. Go stand in front of mom and dad. Hit somebody. So I love the fact that it was, you know, hey, whatever you need to do to stay in shape and and continue to kind of put the pads on and and think about, you know, football, go out and do it. That was awesome.
3: Yeah, and uh, the thing that is interesting about this group on defense is that they're going to have eight returning starters. So what we've seen throughout college football and even pro football right now is that the more continuity you have – going into this weird season where it's going to be shortened, you didn't have the same preparation time, the more continuity you have on the field and in your coaching staffs, uh it seems to be winning out. And you look at around college football and the NFL, that, that seems to be the formula right now. And the Badgers have that, especially defensively. Obviously, changing changes some things on offense, so that might be a little bit uh, behind to start the year. But I think defensively, this is going to be a group that you're, you're going to, even in the shortened season, be regarded as pretty special with what they can do and the knowledge that they have because they're not going to be fooled about you know different things that offenses are showing them and they have a really good understanding from all the meetings that they did throughout the summer and their experience playing before knowledge of this defense and and what they can do together
2: i know that uh there's a lot written about uh, jim leonard you know obviously you lose bond sanborn chris Orr, who you alluded to Uh, And he isn't saying that it's going to come from the linebackers and blitzing safeties and such. He just feels that if we're going to get sacks and pressure on quarterbacks this year, it's going to have to come from within the trenches. You see the same thing?
3: Uh, I do. However, I think he's kind of keeping his cards close to his chest there because I think Leo Chanel, who's going to probably end up starting at the other inside linebacker spot with Jack Sanborn, um, I think he's going to fill a little bit of that Chris Orr role uh, as a blitzing linebacker. Chris Orr did that so well last season, 11 and a half sacks. As an undersized guy, you know, barely 6 foot tall, not even probably 6 foot tall, uh, a little bit over 200 pounds. Then you get to a guy like Leo Chenal, who's, you know, 6 foot – Two, six foot three, 250 pounds. So you got a bull coming through the middle of the, the offensive line there. Um, it's gonna be really tough for running backs to try to step up and take him on. Um and he, he's getting rave reviews about just his athleticism and the explosiveness that he has. So while I think the defensive line's gonna have to create a lot of pressure, I think Leo is gonna be one of those guys that comes along and you're like, oh, alright, maybe he just wasn't saying that early in the season.
2: Talking with uh, Colton Bartholomew of the State Journal, Wisconsin State Journal, and Madison.com. I know there was a lot of, I want to say tough feelings, because when the rankings came out and selling the Big Tens on it, uh, look, Ohio State only received a couple of uh, first-place votes, and they're sixth in the country. I know that Penn State was uh, a little bit upset about their play. Look, the Badgers are 16. You haven't played a game yet and you're behind the eight ball when it comes to the rest of the country. I find it interesting that uh, the Badgers rose in the rankings from last week to this week, and they haven't played a damn snap yet. Is there talk about, you know, some of this, uh, the the ranking stuff, like just forget about it because this is going to be a weird year when it comes to getting into the postseason and getting into the Final Four anyway?
3: Oh, absolutely. You know, I'm actually on the, the AP voting panel, and it's been impossible. You know, when they changed the rules midway through, uh, they started with, hey, vote everybody and then take them out if they're not playing and then bring them back in. It's been so tough to, to make as accurate of a top 25 as you can. Uh, and to your point, you know, Ohio, Ohio State's been one of those programs that uh, has been in contention or a uh, point of discussion because they start the preseason poll number three when nobody's played any games and you're just talking about talent. So how did they drop all these spots? And then personally, I dropped Penn State because, you know, you don't have Micah Parsons and the, the talent they lost. But it, it's just been a mess trying to put this all together. Um, and I think from the a lot of these programs internally, it's been the message of well, all that stuff is going to figure out itself. Um, you mentioned the college football playoff is going to be crazy to talk about when we get into November and December. Um, but I think that – As teams start playing each other, especially because we're seeing almost exclusively conference games, like you look at this weekend, we have a top ten matchup in the ACC with Clemson and Miami. That's almost an elimination game at this point for uh, the college football playoffs. So uh, all these things I think are going to get shaken out and figured out on their own. Um, And worrying about rankings now is more just for uh, fun radio shows like this and some stuff to talk about before games get played.
2: No doubt. Colton, great stuff. We'll touch base as the season goes along, okay? Appreciate it, Bill. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Colton Bartholomew, Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. You can read his stuff there. Follow him on Twitter at CBartWSJ. That is bart. WSJ. He joins us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair 80 plus years. They've been doing it. Call them 844 to Go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844 to Go to SchneiderJobs.com. Hey, Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We know the cold's right around the corner, unfortunately, but you got, uh, what is it, seven more days left until the 15th until they say, okay, look, the 555 deal is done. Five months, no first payment. Five years, no interest, and then 5% bonus savings on top of everything else. That's windows, doors, and installation. You can't beat it. You know you're going to need them eventually, right? You might as well go ahead and get it done now because the deal is so good. If you want to add beauty to your home, add value to your home, security to your home, or just keep it really efficient, Pella Windows and Doors, they are some of the top-rated windows and doors that are out there. They do everything themselves, measure, manufacture, assemble, the whole thing, do it right in your home. It's just awesome. It's an awesome experience. I've been through it before. Check out our friends at PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. Should we be cutting the brewers some slack? We'll talk about it. Coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show.
1: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: To be here. The Bill Michael Show continues on, and we are brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Epoxy Flooring Done Right floors that they can do all over the state. Polyurea coatings, epoxy floor coatings. They're fantastic. Whether you're a homeowner, business owner with maybe a showroom, hint, hint. Industrial, they can paint as well. They do a lot of great stuff. Go to Epoxy Flooring at Done Right.com. That's Epoxy Flooring done Right.com. Should we be giving the Brewers a pass for this season? and for next season because of finances. Here's the Q and a with David Stearns asking him about the payroll.
1: Is it reasonable to expect that budgets will be tighter next year uh, for player uh, uh,
0: salaries? I, I think it's a possibility. I think, I think budgets are tighter everywhere right now. Um, for, for most businesses, um, you know, over over the last two years, we've run the two highest payrolls in the history of this organization, um, and I, I think it's it's uncertain at this point uh, as we look forward whether um, whether our, our payroll next year um, would be at that same level.
2: So, when he says, you know, businesses are all you know down, I again, I 100% agree. However, you do have to realize that baseball is looked at, it, it, it's it's not like it's a corner bar, you know. But I, I understand it, hey, no fans, no parking, no concessions, no no merchandise, no player to be named later restaurant, driving money, no beer sales, no programs, none of that. Now, you know, you're not paying for the labor either. You know, you're not paying for the printing. You're not paying for the dogs. You're not paying, you know, all those businesses that would normally sell to you, you're not paying them either. But just as a whole, your biggest expense is your team salary and your facilities and everything else that goes along with it. So, um, it doesn't sound like they're going to be raising payroll by any stretch of the imagination. You know what I mean? So I, uh... The way I look at it is, this year, do I give them a pass? No, because they didn't know a pandemic was coming in the offseason. So, no, I don't give them a pass. It was a weird year, but I will give them a pass. Didn't perform. The offense sucked. Pitching was really good. Uh, There's some nice pieces there. Some guys that came in, they had some clutch hits, they had some performances, but for the most part, the offense was uh, disappointing disappointing but next year do you give your brewers a pass because it sounds like you know now granted Ryan Braun's salary is going to come off of the books and but you're probably looking at a team that's sitting anywhere between I'm going to say 40 million bucks to 50 tops right now the way it'll end up sitting here in the offseason so they'll have some money to spend now the question is how much do they spend they spend twenty, thirty million? If they're if they're sitting at say, let's just say forty five for blanks and giggles, right? Forty five. Thirty million bucks, that'll buy you some talent. Right? That'll buy you some talent. So we'll see. We'll see where they end up. Or if they just get creative, make a trade or two. But you don't have a lot of trade pieces sitting in your minor league system. And the minor leagues have been, you know, because they've cut the draft down. And they cut some minor league teams out. I mean, the minor league systems have been just trimmed to the bone. And I don't know what the long term trickle effect is for Major League Baseball. I was asked that the other day. What is the long term effect? When I, that's probably another another show as we talk about you know the future of baseball. But uh, but but do you give the Milwaukee Brewers a pass? do you give them a pass 855 830 8648 855 830 8648 so this year and next year this year because of the you know the situation in which they had to play and next year because well it's probably likely that they're not going to be they're not going to be spending any money so you got to wait Uh, Mark, well, this is exactly what this was, what we talked about last hour in the hour prior. And this is one of the first emails and Mark says, didn't we pay to build them a stadium? Why should we expect anything less out of our team? They have been competitive for the postseason for the last few years. I expect them to be competitive again. I want to see them make a move that's going to put them over the top or at least make us feel better about this team heading in the right direction. 855-830-8648. Again, 855-830-8648. Melissa writes, uh, love me some brew crew. I'll still go to games if they let us in. Will fans be allowed in next year, do you think? I don't know. I mean, that was one of the things that, that David Stearns talked about. I don't know. I mean, if they're not, then it changes the economics uh, yet again. I mean, you were kind of just looking at this season going, okay, you're going to take this season and take a loss. Now what are you going to do next year? With the, un- I mean, if, if all of a sudden – They came out and said, hey, we've got a cure. COVID's non-existent. Don't worry about it. Take this. You're good to go. Then I think maybe the brewers look at things and say, okay, we're going to get some of our fan base back. Okay. There's still going to be some trepidation, but we're going to get our our fan base back because I think people are just itching to get out and tailgate and do things, right? I think we all are. But as of right now and going into November, I would say, or December, I don't know. This isn't going to suddenly vanish because the election's finished. Okay. I think that there's going to be a different coverage, um, maybe a less of a call to arms scare reaction. I, I, I don't know, but I uh, it's, it's you know, it's not going to go away because we flipped the calendar. It's not going to go away because of an election. It's not going to go away because we wanted to. It's, it's going to go away because uh, of two reasons. One, the immunity factor, and two, vaccines. That's it. So I don't know what's going to what's gonna happen next year. Um, let's do this. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. And when we do, we're going to hear more from David Stearns. I want you to take a listen to a few more things that he had to say. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there. A quick trip. They've got some meals just like mom would make. You can stop in. You can pick them up. Fettuccine Alfredo with some chicken. How about that? Maybe uh, you got chicken, turkey. Pick your meat. Potatoes, gravy, beef stroganoff, pork chops, stuffing, potatoes, gravy. All so good. Just like mom would make. Stop in, pick them up, pop them in the microwave, pull them out. You're good to go. That's our friends at Quick Trip because they got you covered. That's Quick Trip. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels Show hearing from David Stearns, the Brewers
1: GM, next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. try but the eyes looks kill could this be real because I can't sleep welcome back
2: glad to have you the Bill Michaels show on the air we are glad you are with us as always certainly appreciate you hanging out with us thanks so much for uh being here part of the program hey don't forget our friends over at uh, timberstone Championship Golf course up in uh, up in uh, Iron Mountain, Michigan, at uh, the Pine Mountain Resort, uh, they've got some good stay-and-play packages still till the end of the month. So if you have thought about getting up there, especially with the fall colors, man, go, go. Yourself, significant other, family, take some friends, buddies. If you're going to go for a golf weekend, man, go, go now. Get up there. It's beautiful up there. Uh, and by the way, they've also got it uh, good over there on the Island Resort, the Four Seasons Island Resort. Uh, You can go over there as well. And they're going to be open until Sunday, October 25th, weather permitting. Here's an idea for you, though. If you're a business owner, starting next week, for groups of 25 or more, you can own both the Pine Mountain Resort or take over the island. And it's great for a company retreat, maybe a business conference, whatever it happens to be, a sales gathering type of thing. They'll do it all via social distancing. Good stuff. For more information or to book your fall stay and play golf package, go to the4seasonswi.com. WI.com. thats is WI.com or timberstonegolfcourse.com, timberstonegolfcourse.com. So, uh, David Stearns, um, we had heard from him uh, a little bit earlier today, and one of the things that he had to talk about was that, and again, whether or not they're going to be able to do it financially, we'll have to wait and see. But he says, we want to emphasize, we want to compete for a, a, the postseason each year.
0: We've worked very hard to put ourselves in a position to compete every single year. We've done that four years in a row. This year was in a different format, but we still competed um, and, and made, made a playoff spot. And we've competed for playoff spots now four years in a row. Um, and, and really our, our, philosophy is if we do that, if we continue to compete year in and year out for playoff spots, you give yourselves numerous bites at the apple and you give yourselves a greater chance of having that truly, um, special season where you get to a world series and, and ultimately win it. So our goal is to keep our organization in a spot where we can continue to compete year in and year out for playoff appearances.
2: Then the offense, uh, which we all know was just as bad as bad could be, and he talks about the offensive struggles this team faced all season long.
0: You start from the reality which you just stated, which is it, it wasn't good. Um, it wasn't good enough. Um, so that that's the reality, and we have to work backwards off of that. And I, I, we begin with the premise. Um, that there is something in there that is explicable uh that through our work and our research and um, our time um we can uh understand why um and that so that has to be the starting point we also have to recognize that there are so many aspects of our game this year that were different um that ascribing too much weight to this particular season um, has dangers as well. So um, you, know, you, you noted our division, Tom, offense wasn't great in our division. Um, could be that, that our division had some really good pitching, which, which I think it did. Could be that we had a couple teams in our division that perhaps underperformed offensively, um, which is probably true as well. Um, could be that specific players uh, were more impacted than others by whether it's lack of fans, no access to video, um, the changing environments uh, that we had to play in this year, um, and so all of those all of those could be factors. And and getting back to Adam's point, we really don't know what the environment's going to look like next year either. Um, we don't know um, how packed ballparks can possibly be next year. We don't know what sort of access players may or may not have to their customary video libraries um, and, and in-game video access and video rooms. Um, So many of the same variables that came into play this year, in some respect may still be, um, may still be around next year. And and we have to recognize that. So it's not as though, um, it's it's not as though we can assume that we're gonna go back to a completely normal environment next April because we just don't know.
2: Then the you know a couple of glaring weaknesses, especially from the power standpoint, uh an average and power standpoint, third base and first base, those are two areas that that really need solidification and and David Stearns talks about that.
0: Yeah, so we we combined with those two positions, we need we need more offensive production. And that's, than we had this year, that's clear. Um, I thought Jed did a really nice job. Um, you know, we, we brought him in primarily, um, to hit left-handed pitching, which is what he did. And he did that really well. Uh, he took on a, a greater role for us over the course of the year and, uh, stabilized, um, first base a little bit for us, but, um, Certainly, we need to we need to be able to come into next year believing um, that we can get better offensive production out of out of those two positions, and um, some of that may be external, and some of that after we go through um, our evaluations um, may be relying on on players who we believe had had down years this year, and um, and have the ability to bounce back.
2: He was also uh, got into the discussion about uh, this offseason, and this offseason is going to be interesting because of the trade market. He, he was asked specifically, you know, what about the, the trade market and what's going to go on in the offseason?
0: I would expect the, the timing and pacing of that dialogue to be pretty similar as it has been in years past, so that it usually picks up towards the end of the playoffs in the World Series and then continues um, through – the the first couple of weeks of the World Series to excuse me first couple of weeks of the offseason to Thanksgiving and I, I think I think that's a healthy time to have those discussions and I think that will occur this year. Whether we see transactions that early in the offseason before some of these other um, pieces of information become a little bit clearer for us that that I don't know. Um, I don't know whether the time frame in terms of actual player movement transactions will resemble what we've seen in the past.
2: So we don't know what's going to happen, really, with the offseason and how there's going to be how there's going to be changes regarding personnel when it comes to trades and movement. And obviously, I don't think they're going to be increasing payroll, but they're going to have a little bit of money to spend. Then the question is, what do you think about the coaching staff? And probably we're directing that question more so towards the hitting coach.
0: So we're not going to make any staff announcements at this point. We're continuing to go through um, our discussions, our evaluations. Um, and when we have announcements to make, um, over the next week or two, we, we certainly will make them. Um, I, I think all of our coaches, our hitting coaches included, um, gave a tremendous effort this year and, uh, worked incredibly hard, uh, to put our players in, in the best position to succeed. Um, clearly we didn't score enough runs. Um, and we have to look at, um, we have to look at, uh, why that is and, and do our best to improve that going forward. Uh, but I thought our hitting coaches and all of our coaches put our players in positions to succeed.
2: So, uh, one more, and that is Corey Knebel, who was coming back from, you know, obviously the surgery, the off season, had a little bit of a setback and now moves forward. So tell us more about Corey Knebel.
0: This was tough timing for everyone. I think someone in Corey's case, it was specifically tough timing. Um, and, and we saw that with the performance this year. We saw that with the velocity where um, there were times where the velocity was right where we thought it would be, and there were times where it was a little bit, little bit less. Um, so we're, we're going to have to make a decision um, regarding Corey and, and, um, and how he plays into our bullpen in the future, um, what, the, what the right move is for us, what the right move is for Corey. And we've got some time on that. We've got uh, the first week of December. And so that's something we'll work through over the next couple months.
2: So there you go. That was David Stearns and uh, him talking about uh, the postseason, what's coming up, and such. So now we wait. Now we wait and see what happens with this Milwaukee Brewers team, and kind of go from there and and see what happens. But uh, it's it's uh, as I've said before, it's certainly interesting. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting offseason, but whether or not it's gonna be an offseason full of excitement, we'll have to wait and see. I mean excitement to see baseball again, absolutely positively. But excitement to um to see when it comes to I guess um the betterment of the team, nah no, baby not. Nah, no, baby not. Uh, let's do this. We're gonna go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. We're gonna wrap things up. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michaels show right after this.
1: Border to border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now a. Green and Gold Update, brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers have a bye week. Next, they travel to Tampa Bay to play Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Defensive back Jair Alexander held the Falcons receiver, Calvin Ridley, to zero receptions in Green Bay's win over Atlanta on Monday night. Jair gave credit to linebacker Zedaria Smith... Safety Raven Green for keeping pressure on Atlanta's Matt Ryan, holding him to zero touchdown passes.
0: It makes our job ten times easier. I didn't, I didn't even know that Darius had three sacks. Um, I didn't know uh, Raven had a sack. You know, I didn't even know. You know, it's just it's different with without the crowd noise. You know, a lot of times they feel like incompletions, but hey, we'll take them. You know, we'll take the sacks. You know, it's it's nothing new to those guys. Alexander
1: finished the game despite being on the injury report with a hand and knee injury and missing Saturday's final practice.
0: I've been on the injury report every every week last year and the year before, you know, so it's just one of those nagging pains. Hey, at the end of the day, I go out and do what I got to do, you know, for the team.
1: That's Packers defensive back Jair Alexander in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
2: segment of the program before we get out of here today on this Thursday beautiful skies beautiful day oh my goodness barely a breeze out there right now maybe I'll take a picture just kind of show you what I'm looking at beautiful day oh my goodness really really nice coming up tomorrow on the program we're going to get into it. We, don't, we We kind of stopped doing the top five Fridays, but uh, we're going to talk about the top five teams in the NFL. And I'm sitting here watching the NFL Network, and the top five candidates for the MVP, I don't think they're surprising, but maybe in the order in which they are would be surprising. We'll get into that discussion tomorrow as well. Talking a little NBA finals, about the Bucs offseason also. Kurt Heelan, NBCSports.com, going to be here. Chris Raybon of the Action Network, going to talk some betting with us tomorrow. And we kind of go over what we're going to witness tonight. The Bucks and the Bears, Thursday night, football. Eric Brand, of the Green Bay Press, because that's going to be here. I'll be watching that game tonight. And I can't wait for that. I told you, I came in today. I was fired up. I got a pep in my step today. I don't know why. I just do. I am um, heading downtown, I'm going to a place called Shaker. Is going to do a, a, a food video. Looking forward to it. And I'm coming back, man, bringing whatever it is I'm making down there. I'm bringing home. Kicking the feet up and watching the game coming up tonight. Buccaneers and Bears in Chicago. So uh, we're going to break it all down coming up tomorrow and then get you ready for the weekend as well. Um, the Apparently, according to a source, the Tennessee Titans were indeed informed on September 29th, that in-person gatherings have been banned because of the organization's ongoing coronavirus outbreak, okay? So uh, players, uh, the informal workouts uh, the following day were unauthorized, and they are considered a violation of NFL's virus-related protocols. The group of Titans players held a workout at a Nashville high school the very next day, September 30th, one day, After the organization closed the facility, the Titans have had now 23 positive COVID tests since since September 24th, with another player testing positive for the virus today. Um, It looks like the NFL uh, is investigating whether the Titans did violate the process and the protocols. Uh, The Titans and the Vikings, we all know, uh, they played each other, and the Vikings pretty much came out of this COVID-free Uh, and then multiple Titans players did test positive. But the the players are telling ESPN they were unaware that workouts were banned. So somewhere between the mandate from the NFL and either the general manager or the coaching staff or PR whatever to pass it along to actually the players. The players are claiming stupidity in this, saying we didn't know. We all tested clean, so we got together. So the players got together, and and it doesn't say that the players that actually practiced together are the ones that have been infected by this. As if they got together outside at this high school, and then they infected one another. No, nobody, nobody has said that as of yet. We don't know who has and hasn't, but nevertheless, it uh, it says that. Uh, You know, the NFL now investigating this because of the problematic issue of guys getting together and spreading this thing, and especially once you've been told to go home and quarantine. The NFL also issued a memo to all clubs uh, earlier uh, last week or later last week to reinforce protocols that were already in place. And uh, we don't know whether the Titans effectively communicated that information to their players as well. But nevertheless, the players worked out last week Took place at Montgomery Bell Academy. That's a school, um, uh, as a school official was talking about. Some players have worked out at the school in the past and they've got a relationship with Montgomery Bell Academy, uh, according to their coach, uh, Marty U- uh, Uverard. So the school official telling ESPN that they weren't aware of any restrictions by the NA- NFL that was in place. Otherwise, there's no way they would have let them practice there. So, it, but the bottom line is this the NFL communicated it. The Titans did a very poor job of telling their players what to do and what not to do, and now you're looking at further tests and positive tests that have taken place. And the NFL and the Players Association sent officials to Nashville last week, and they're looking in now to violations and then penalties because of those violations. We'll see what the NFL actually does. So there you go. Not good for the Tennessee Titans. And I would not be surprised if they continue with this, Uh, As far as the outbreaks go, I would not be surprised if, indeed, the Tennessee Titans uh, just have to forfeit a game. That a team would then get a win and the Tennessee Titans get a forfeit because of all of this. So we'll wait and see. Uh, well, like I said, coming up tomorrow, we've got uh, more of a Top 5 Friday. And then tonight, 6-8, to Scott Grodzki is going to be here from CBS 58, going to be talking about uh, the first quarter of the season for the Green Bay Packers. Earl Arms from PBS is going to be here as well. We're going to talk with him. And uh, the first quarter of the season, the 4-0 and start. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, top five MVP candidates in the NFL. Also, uh, we'll talk about uh, the top five teams in the NFL as well and then take a look at the rest of the uh, NFL schedule as we get ready for tonight's game between the Bears and the Buccaneers so all that's coming up tonight and it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light Seltzer unquestionably good flavors in cranberry, grapefruit, pineapple and strawberry flavors go to BudLight.com that's going to wrap it up good stuff today man it's been a fantastic energizing, fun week maybe it's because the sun's out who knows remember last week last week was gloomy it was cool it was rainy it sucked this week's been great Loving it. Maybe that's what it is. Pep in the step. Keep it going. Keep it going. So uh, we'll be watching some stuff tonight. Look for the uh, Facebook Live video coming up a little bit later on today as well. Look for that. And uh, then we'll be back at it tonight, 6 to 8 tomorrow. Back on the air with the Bill Michaels show and getting you ready for the weekend. Good, good, good stuff. All right. Time for us to go. Have a going. Sweet.